Praise God. You have your Bibles this morning. Hallelujah. Open up your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 5 this morning. This morning we're going to talk about the subject of prayer. You know, we entered, entered, entered into a new year. There's some things we need to put in order in our life, and one of the greatest things you can put in order, you got to put God at number one. You got to put Jesus at number one, not number three, not number four, not number five, not somewhere that it may fit in your schedule if it's convenient. Can I have amen? Amen. amen. We're going to have to serve the Lord with all of our heart, the Bible says, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, and with everything within us. Yes. This year, it can be a life-changing year for you, but it's going to be according to what you put in it, what you put in it, into your spiritual life, your spiritual training. You will always get what you put in. That's right. If you don't put nothing in, you don't get nothing out. If you don't believe me, go to the Bank of Madison and tell them you want to make a withdrawal. <laughs> And if you don't have an account there, and if you hadn't put nothing in, you definitely ain't getting nothing out. Amen. Amen. They smile at you and say, I'm sorry, but I can't help you. You know why? Because you didn't make no deposits. If you don't make no deposits, you can't make no withdrawals. Amen. So, this morning we're going to learn that if we put prayer into our life and begin to trust God, we'll see God move like never before. How many of y'all want to see God move like never before? Yes. How many of y'all seen God move? That's right. Hallelujah. Amen, bro. How many of y'all want to see God move like you ain't never seen yes. before? Yes. Amen. I want to see Him explode amen. this year. Yes. Amen. I want to see things that I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the hearts of man. Yes. What God has prepared for those that love Him. Yes. And are prepared for His coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Prayer is the airways. By which we keep our relationship ongoing with our Heavenly Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Prayer is something that all religions have in common. You know, the Muslims, they pray. Yes. The Hindus, they pray. The Buddhists, they pray. <coughs> uh, the Christians pray. The Jews pray. They have a, a welling wall over in Jerusalem. And they'll put their face against the wall and they'll just rock and put their head against that stone wall and they'll pray for hours upon hours upon hours. But I'm telling you, y'all, this ain't a time to get slack. It's a time to increase our fever and get on fire for the Lord that more than we ever have in our lifetime. Amen. Now is the time. Amen. Prayer changes things. How many of y'all believe prayer changes things? Amen. How many of y'all prayed and seen God change some things? Amen. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. That's a testimony that God is real. Whenever you pray to Almighty God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom you cannot see, the Bible says God is invisible. Hallelujah. But whenever you pray to Him, hallelujah, you know in your heart that He's alive and He is well. Not only did he die on the cross, but he rose on the third day. And you know it in your heart because of this communication line that is open called prayer. When we pray, God hears our prayers. Amen. Hallelujah. And he 
comes to our aid. Yes, One God. thing that prayer does for you, hallelujah, is invite God into your situation. Mm -hmm. God, invite God to intervene in a situation on this earth. God has, has uh, given man dominion. He's put man in charge. Hallelujah. Man lost that dominion when he, when he sinned in the garden. But hallelujah, Jesus Christ brought that dominion back to us. Hallelujah. And when, whenever we pray, hallelujah, God hears his children. And he wants to, to get involved in our situations, in our adversity, in our problems. But if you don't pray, what will happen? The natural course that is coming will definitely, hallelujah, uh, it, that course will, will, hit, hit, will be exact. Let me put it that way. Which means if you don't pray, uh, nothing's going to change. If hell's coming your way and you don't pray, hell's going to come. Amen? Right. Amen? If the doctor said that uh, you have a terminal illness and you have six months to live, what can you do? Pray. Pray. And what can God do? Change he can that. change that. Amen? That's right. Amen? But if you don't pray, that six months of that terminal illness will probably overtake you. That's right. Because that course is in action. It's coming. It's going to happen unless you pray. If you are having a, a terrible relationship with your husband and wife, hallelujah, you may be set in, in your hearts to go get a divorce. But I tell you what, if you can begin to pray about the situation yeah. and the church can begin to pray about that marriage, hallelujah, God can change those two hearts. Hallelujah. Put that yes. marriage back together rather than ever before. If we pray. Yes. But if we don't pray, that divorce is probably going to go through. So you have to pray to get God involved in your situations. Amen? Amen. Not only do we, want, but do we want to pray because we need God in, our, in the midst of adversity, but we just need to pray because we love Him. Amen. We just want to talk to Him. We just want to communicate to Him. We don't want to be just Jimmy, my name is Jimmy, 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 all the time type prayers. Right. Amen. Amen. But thank God that God does want to get in, involved in, in our situations. Amen. And we, do, we get Him involved by inviting Him to come when we pray. You know, if I, the church might need to repent for prayerlessness. Yeah. Yeah. A lack of prayer. That's right. Amen? Amen. Prayerlessness. Amen. You know, if we ain't careful, we can get uh, uh, complacent. Yeah. And we can also lose heart. That's right. And we can faint and fail to pray. And whenever we fail to pray, hallelujah, <coughs> our relationship suffers with God. Hallelujah. It feels like our, that we're standing a million miles away from God. Hallelujah. But whenever we have that ongoing, consistent prayer life going, it feels like we can whisper and we can hear Him whisper back to you and say, Here I am. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. If you're a long way off to get somebody's attention, you have to shout. That's right. But whenever you're close, you don't have to shout. You can just whisper amen. and they can hear you. How far 
And how close are you to God this morning? Amen. Are you a long way off? And if it is, it ain't because God has withdrew from you. From you. It's because you have withdrawn from Him. Amen. But the Bible tells us in the book of James, if we draw nigh unto God, right. God will draw nigh unto us. Amen? Amen. Who make the first step in the situation we do. If we draw nigh unto God, God will draw nigh unto us. When I take a step towards Him, He takes a step towards me. Hallelujah. We got to make the initiation. That's right. Some people say, I'm waiting on God. No, you ain't waiting on God. God's waiting on you. That's right. Come on. Amen. He's waiting on you to get up. He's waiting on you to do something. He's waiting on you to get in the Word. He's waiting on you to speak the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. He's waiting on you, praise God. But we always blame God for what He's not doing when we haven't done our part either. Yeah. Can I have amen? Amen. amen. Prayer is knowing God's will and declaring it out of your mouth in your prayer life. Knowing God's will and speaking it and declaring it. The Bible says in the book of Job chapter 22 verse 28 it said declare and decree a thing and it shall be established. Yeah. If I was you I would find the book of Job chapter 22 and verse 28 and I would highlight that because it has a lot to do hallelujah with your prayers getting answered. Declare and decree a thing and it shall be established. That means you have to speak the word of God out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Believe in it in prayer. Hallelujah. And God will intervene in your situation. Amen. God's waiting on you to open up your mouth. If you ain't saying nothing, you probably ain't getting nothing. That's right. Amen. 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 Praying and knowing God's will is the, is, the, is the way to get your prayers answered. Knowing God's will. You'll know God's will whenever you begin to open up the book. Amen. Known as the word of the living God. That's right. God's will is not hidden from us. Every one of us, there's a lot of people in the church today running around, I don't know what God's will is. I don't know what God is saying. Well, open up the book. God will speak to you. That's right. Amen. Amen. In our prayer life, sometimes when we ain't careful, we'll get discouraged. And it will cause us to back off from praying like we ought to. A lot of people believe God does answer prayers, but whenever they begin to think among themselves, they begin to wonder, I know God, they, they may say, yeah, I know God answers prayer, but will he answer my prayer? Will he answer a prayer for me? Yes, How much faith does it take for God to hear my prayer? Do I have enough faith? I don't know if I have enough faith for, for God to do this for me. And we question how much faith does it take to see God's hand move? <coughs> Excuse me, please. Water time. <laughs> How much faith does it take? Mustard seed. To see the hand of God move. Yep. We're going to look at a, a few examples in the Bible this morning that's going to help you understand about how much faith do you need. 
So look at me with, with me in the book of Luke chapter 5. Verse 1 through 8. I'm going to read this. I'm going to ask you to follow along with me. <coughs> so it was. And the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. People pressing in to hear the word. That's right. That's what God's asking us to do on Sunday morning. Press in to come hear the word of God. Hallelujah. That he stood by the lake of Sinnerit, verse 2, and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. Verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a great catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking, so that they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sample man, O Lord. Now in this particular scripture, Jesus is standing by the seashore, and he's teaching the word of God, and people begin to flock, and people begin to get attracted to the word, and people started coming, and they started coming, and they just kept on coming to hear the word of God. Wouldn't it be wonderful today if people would just come to hear the word of God? Amen. 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 You know, if people would get a hunger for God's word, we wouldn't need neon lights. We wouldn't need blinking lights. We wouldn't need smoke fake smoke coming up out of, the, out of the congregation. We wouldn't need all that if people would just love to come and hear the Word of God. Right. You know, a lot of preachers today can't make it because they ain't, ain't an entertainer. They looking for a preacher to entertain them while they preaching the Word. The Word of God is your entertainment. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You don't have to turn a flip and run around, the, around in circles five or six times. Hallelujah. While you're preaching the Word, just preach the Word. That's right. Amen. Amen. And as Jesus was teaching, so many people came that they were beginning to push him closer and closer to the water. So Jesus noticed Peter and them boats. Hallelujah. And he noticed they had just got out from fishing. They had just cleaned their nets. They had been all night fishing and, and they were cleaning, had finished cleaning their net. And Jesus comes up and says, Simon Peter, I'd like to borrow that boat for a minute. I'd like to stand in it, and I'd like for you to push me out in the water a little bit. Hallelujah. And I'd like to use your boat to preach from to the people. Would that be something that we could do, Simon Peter? Peter said, 
Why, sure. I mean, it ain't done us no good in the fishing business last night, but maybe you can use it for your for, for the ministry. So Jesus gets into the boat, and he began to teach and, and preach the word of God to the people. And after Jesus gets done, he looks at Simon Peter, and he said, Simon Peter, I want you to launch out into the deep for a great catch. Simon Peter is drawn back, and he began to think, what are you talking about? We just got through cleaning all of our nets. We just been fishing all night long. Master, he said, I really don't understand what you want me to do here because they ain't no fish out here today. Uh -huh. He said, he's looking, this is our reasoning, y'all. Mm -hmm. When T Jesus tells us to do something, if we ain't careful, our mind goes into a reasoning mode. Yeah. And Peter's probably thinking, Jesus, you are a great preacher. You are a great teacher of the word of God. I just love hearing you teach. But you are a man of God. You are a minister. And this is your calling. He said, but you ain't no fisherman. Uh -huh. Yeah, come on. See, I've been brought up, Peter, Simon Peter said, my daddy has taught me how to fish from the day I was born. That's all I know is fishing. And we have fished this lake thousands and thousands of times. And we know when the fish are running and when the fish ain't running. And last night, we fished all night long. We drugged those nets. They're heavy. And we got all kind of, of uh, debris in our nets. We just got done. Clean. How many of y'all know cleaning nets ain't no fun? Amen. There's all kind of mess in a, in a net after you yes. have drugged it through the waters. And they, have, they are tired. They discouraged. They fished. They ain't got no money because they ain't got no fish. And they, they wore out. And Jesus said, launch out into the deep for a great catch. Simon Peter probably said, this ain't going to work. Mm -hmm. But yeah. he says something very important. <clears throat> Nevertheless, That's right. at your word, we're going to launch out into the deep. Nevertheless, at your word, we're going to launch out into the deep. So Peter didn't have great faith. He didn't think they were going to get anything. Mm -hmm. But he said, I have followed this man named Jesus Christ long enough to know that when he says something, right. something starts happening. Yeah. Hallelujah. If he speaks to the dead, the dead rise up. If he yeah. speaks to the lame, the lame run, rise up and run. If he speaks to the dead, their ears get open. Whatever he says brings supernatural things. He said, I really don't believe anything going to happen, but nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to do what you said. And Simon Peter, right. he grabs them old nets up. You know how we do? We moving so slow. Yes. Man, this is the craziest thing. But I'm going to honor him. I'm going to respect him. Yes. Oh, I don't think anything going to happen, but I'm going to do it. Because he asked me to do it. That's right. And he took them nets and went back out out there. He pushed back out there into the deep water. And he cast that net. And all of a sudden, he's starting to pull it up. And probably his first two or three draws, he's probably like, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Wasn't gonna, we wasn't going to catch nothing. And all of a sudden, it's like he, he grabbed a hold of a stump. Any of y'all ever been fishing and grabbed a hold of a stump? Yeah. Man, you would snap that thing and start reeling and the rod would be bent over and you would think you got something. Well, he did have something. 
He pulled them nets up, man, and there were so many fish in it, it got so heavy that the nets started breaking. The nets started breaking. Couldn't get all the fish in one boat. He had to call for his partners. He's out there fishing. Hey, y'all come on over here. Help me out. They had so many fish that it, 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 they, they filled not only Simon Peter's boat, they filled their partner's boat. Hallelujah. The nets were starting to break and the, and the boats were starting to sink because they so many fish in the net. Hallelujah. It ain't God's fault, hallelujah, that when he blesses you, it'll break your net and sink your boat. It'll be, it'll be so deep. Hell shit now can do some blessing. Amen? Amen. He's the God of more than enough. That's right. But here's the thing. Simon Peter's faith wasn't perfect. We were talking about a while ago. How much faith does it take to move the hand of God? You may not, you may have some questions in your mind. You may have some doubts in your heart. But I tell you what, if you will nevertheless obey what God tells you, hallelujah, God can still work. Amen. So if you have enough faith, hallelujah, to obey the word of God, you have enough faith to move the mighty hand of God. Amen. 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 Faith to obey. Faith to obey. Obey the word. Obey the word. Obedience always brings the blessings of God to you. Amen. 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 To obey. Hallelujah. You may have some questions. Peter had questions. But you know what? He said, nevertheless, I'm going to obey. And to his amazement, Jesus worked with that and worked through that and blessed him anyway. That's our Jesus. If we have just enough faith to obey. Number two. Illustration number two. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 12. <coughs> Acts chapter 12. Do I have enough faith? In Acts chapter 12, we're going to read verse 1. Starting at verse 1. No. Where are you? Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Follow along with me. Now about the time, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Verse 3. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread, so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer, <coughs> constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guard before the door 
were keeping the prison. Verse 7. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. Verse 9. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the time, were past, verse 10, when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord, and they went out and went down one street, and immediately, immediately the angel departed from him. Verse 11. And when Peter had come to him, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and had delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Church is praying constantly. Verse 13. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhonda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, You are beside yourself. <clears throat> Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, It is his angel. Verse 16. Now Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door, he saw him. They were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. All right. Now, sometimes if we ain't careful, We can be caught between two things, prayer and this thing called presumption. Presuming that God's going to do something. Presuming on his goodness, on his character and his nature being good. If we're not careful, we'll say, well, whatever going to be is going to be. God is sovereign. He's going to take care of this. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. We don't have to do anything. We don't even have to pray. God's in control. God knows what we need before we even ask Him. And if we ain't careful, we can presume that God's going to do something. But because of our prayerlessness, God will not get will not intervene into the situation because we did not pray. Amen. We did not give Him an invitation to get involved in the matter. 
in this particular thing, previously, the church might have presumed that God was going to deliver Peter. Or God was going to deliver James. Because in Acts chapter 4, Peter got called in and questioned because of the miracle that took place in Acts chapter 3. They began to question him. After they questioned him and beat him, they let him go. Amen? Amen. Then in Acts chapter 5, they called Peter in again. And they put him in jail. And an angel of the Lord showed up and let him out of the prison. So, the church might have been saying, Hey, Peter's got some special anointing on him. We ain't got to pray for him. Or they might have presumed that when James was put in prison, he was one of the 12 apostles. And whenever he was captured and put in jail by King Herod, King Herod said, I'm going to kill James. Well, maybe the church, it doesn't say that the church prayed for James. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But the Bible doesn't say that prayer was constantly put up for James. So maybe they presumed that God was going to deliver James like he had Peter before and they didn't pray. And because they didn't pray, Herod actually killed James. Mm. And after he killed James, then the church begins to get a little intensified that, hey, he's called Peter in now and he's going to kill Peter also. Because he, Herod seen that it pleased the Jews then he killed James. He said, hey, if it pleased the Jews, I'm going to kill Peter too. So he goes and captures Peter. He brings Peter in. And, but the church takes a different stance <coughs> this time. They begin to put up constant prayer, the Bible said, night and day, day and night, 24-7. They have come together. They're all together in one place, and they're praying for one thing, that Peter would be set free, that he would not be killed. And they pray, and they pray, and they pray. And as they pray, the angel shows up in the prison. He wakes Peter up. He takes Peter past all the guards. He opens up all the gates. He takes him out to the city and says, Peter, you are free. Well, Peter goes and he finds out where the church is at. He asks, hey, they all praying over here at, 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 at John Mark's house. So he goes over there. He knocks on the door, knock, knock, knock. And it, whenever uh, uh, Rhonda comes to the door, she said, who is it? Peter said, it's me, Peter. I've been set free from prison. Well, she was so glad. She received Peter, but she, she ran back to the people and left Peter at the gate. She ran back to, to where they happened the prayer meeting now, y'all. She runs into the prayer meeting and, begin, and, and, and disturbs it and says, hey, y'all, y'all can stop praying. Peter's at the door. He's knocking at the door. Peter's been set free. And they said, you are beside yourself. Do you, does it sound like they are, they are praying and believing? No. No, they're praying, but they don't believe Peter has been set free. They've been praying night and day that Peter will be set free. Then when he's set free, they are beside themselves. They can't believe it. They think she is, is making a joke of the thing. But she said, no, Peter's at the gate. So they all come, and Peter comes through, and he tells them what all had happened. And, and finally... Because they see, they believe. But when they were praying, they don't, don't sound like they had perfect faith, does it? They were praying, but they didn't have perfect faith. That's right. uh, if they had perfect faith, when Peter knocked on the door, they said, hey, that's what we've been praying for. Come on in, Peter. 
We knew that that's what God was going to do. That would be what you call, I guess, great faith or perfect faith. But whenever Peter knocked on the door, they didn't believe it. So, here's the thing. Whenever, if you, if you want to know, do you have enough faith to move the hand of God? All you need, if you have enough faith to pray, you have enough faith to move the mighty hand of God. Amen. 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 Peter said, I have enough faith to obey. And the church said, I have enough faith to pray. To pray. Hallelujah. If you got enough faith to obey and to pray, you got enough faith, hallelujah, to move the hand of God. Amen. God is not looking for perfect faith, y'all. He's not looking for us to be perfect in anything. Praise God. He knows our, our failings. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our shortcomings. But if we can obey and if we can pray, we can move the mighty hand of God. Amen. Do you see what's happening here? Amen. Amen. So prayer is important that you continue to pray. Now, last but not least, number three. What do you do when God is silent? Matthew chapter 15. What do you do when you pray and you don't hear anything in response? We need to understand delay does not mean denial. Amen. Amen. We are so... <coughs> Our society has messed us up so bad <coughs> that we want what we want, we want it now. Yep. We are the microwave generation, That's right. if you would like to put it that way. We like to have our dinner cooked and have it done in two or three minutes and sitting on the table hot and ready, ready to roll. <laughs> and then we take that over into our prayer life. And when we take time to pray, we expect God to notice us the first time that we have prayed in years. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's right. We expect God to notice us and to hear our prayers and hear our see our tears and, 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 and come to our aid automatically, instantaneously. God, I need you now. Yes. Don't you see what's going on? If you don't answer now, I am in trouble. Well, God understands. He sees all things. He ain't been caught unaware of anything. But sometimes when we pray, we get the silent treatment. Amen. Yep. Listen, the silent treatment will find out where you are and where your attitude is. That's for sure. The longer God don't speak, the more he'll find out about who you are. How much you really love him, how much you really trust him, and he'll test your faith. By not saying a word. And we don't like that. Speak, Lord. So, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 21, look at this with me, please. Matthew 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered, 
heard not a word. Silent treatment. She's yelling. She's screaming. She's desperate. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And Jesus don't even look up. He don't even acknowledge her. Don't even acknowledge that he heard her. What does she do? What would you do? And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. Boy, I tell you, I wonder how these disciples ever made it. <laughs> Boy, we are really blessed to have the Word of God in our hands because Jesus entrusted the gospel to go out through the world with these disciples that didn't seem to have a lick of compassion sometimes. Nope. When somebody come crying and begging and needing Jesus, a lot of times they say, be quiet. Leave him alone. Send them away. My goodness. Y'all, we need to have compassion. That's right. Amen. Verse 24. The disciple said, send her away. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Amen. Yep. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So, there's time when God just don't show up because we snap our finger. There's time whenever we pray and we pray and we pray, but it seems like our prayers don't get any higher than the ceiling. Anybody ever been there and done that? He's like, where are you, God? Have you left me, Lord? All by myself. I'm in a world of trouble here, Lord. And Lord, I can't find you. I can't hear you. I'm crying out with everything within me. But I don't hear nothing from you, Lord. There's time when the Lord's going to be quiet. And because whenever he's quiet, he's going to find out what your true attitude really is all about. He didn't answer this woman a thing. Hallelujah. And the disciples tried to get rid of her. And the, and the thing she did next, she didn't go away. She bowed down at his feet and she began to worship him. Hallelujah. And she said, Lord, I still need help. And the Lord said, I've been sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's who I've been sent to. And, and, and then he made that profound statement. <laughs> it's not good to take the children bread and throw it to the little dogs. Boy, I tell you, he'd have lost a bunch of them then. Uh -huh. If he'd have called you a dog. Yeah. Say many Christians today wear their, their feelings on their shoulder. Yeah. And when a gentle breeze come by, 
they are easily offended. Yeah. Well, Jesus, this, this lady didn't get offended when Jesus said that, that about calling her the, a little dog. She said, well, the, even, Lord, we need the, the crumbs that fall from the master's table. We need, I need them. And he got Jesus' attention and he delivered her daughter. The thing about it, y'all, is if you have enough faith to persist in your prayers, yeah. you have enough faith to move the mighty hand of God. Amen. She didn't give up. She got the silent treatment. They tried to send her away, but she didn't go nowhere. She stayed persistent. One thing you have to do in your prayer life yeah. is you have to remain persistent. That's right. Hallelujah. If you ain't careful, you'll get drawn away by the wind and the waves. You'll get drawn away by the bad, bad, bad reports whenever you're praying. Instead of you getting a good report, it, everything that comes back to you, it'll be worse than before. Yes. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. But I want you to know, God, can. all it takes is one word from God. That's right. One word from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to change your situation. So if you have enough faith this morning to obey the word of God, you have enough faith to move the hand of God. If you have enough faith to pray, hallelujah, you have enough faith to move the hand of God. If you have enough faith to persist in your prayer life, when everything else says it's not going to happen, you just keep on persisting. You keep staying on your knees. You keep seeking, seeking after the Almighty God. If you have enough faith to persist in your prayer life, you have enough faith to move the mighty hand of God. Amen. It's not that hard, y'all. But we have to do our part. Amen. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Prayer. Prayer. Hallelujah. If you're watching us by media this morning, it's an honor to come into your home. I just want to encourage you this year, 2024, could be the greatest year you've ever experienced. You may have been looking for deliverance. You may have been looking for peace, joy. You've been looking in all the wrong places. Jesus Christ is the God of salvation. He's the one that died on the cross and rose from the dead on the third day. If you'll believe in him, he'll give you everlasting life, and he'll give you a life with what living on this earth. Hallelujah. So turn your, your life over to him. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ will, will show you how great and how good he is. We love you. God bless you, and thank you for tuning in.